Welcome to the Junie Swadron podcast. And my guest today is Tom Evans. Tom, welcome. Oh, what a joy to be here, Junie. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. And Happy New Year to you, too. Here we are in 2021. Gosh. Well, I just want to say a couple of things that I have known you, Tom, for several years now, and it's been such a delight. And I can't say how it boggles my mind when I think I met you maybe seven years ago, maybe you had one or two books out or three books out at the time, and now you're going to your 17th. I know, it boggles my my mind too. I bet. So what is the driving force for you, Tom, or the creative spark that generates your voluminous output? Well, that's that's a great question. And wow, I don't think I've ever thought about that. Well, I think there's curiosity because i think we met through um daily om didn't we remember that app daily yes om? yes we and i did. had a course on there about time and and at the time i read read a book by an amazing guy called steve taylor called making time and uh, he made me completely rethink time how time is very obviously we have this time system where you and i have turned up at the right time you're in uh, on 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 the west coast of of Canada, as I call it, and and I'm over in England. But we turned up at the right time, so time is really really good. But there was a time when there weren't time zones, and I noticed that time was very um, um, uh, subjective. So I became curious about that, and I started to record meditations and this sort of stuff about it. I wrote a book about it once. That's one of the seventeen books. So it's it's curiosity, and then because my background is engineering, I feel like. So I've now discovered something, right, which is kind of bizarre and weird, but kind of useful as well. And if we can change the nature and speed of our thoughts, then we can get more things done with less time. So as an engineer, as a helpful kind of guy, I would then say, now, how can I help other people do the same thing? So it's curiosity and then, I guess, a desire to share. Hmm. Yes, I, I can see that in you for sure. And I, I and it seems like such a leap, though, sometimes to go from, you know, a BBC engineer um, and technical guy to doing meditations, to to becoming a musician, to with of ambient music, to writing all these books. So that transition, did that just happen gradually or or? This is something you used to think about as a kid that you were kind of led into technology instead and engineering. Well, if you backtrack to then, I was curious about the magic of TV. How, mm. how we're on Zoom right now, no, we're just we're just playing out the audio, but how we're we having this conversation where my light is getting um, converted by a camera into electrons being passed down the. Uh, the airways over to you and then it's uh, coming out on your monitor and then you're seeing me. I was absolutely fascinated by that magic. Right. And so that was the curious Tom was active then. And then even then I'd go like, okay, now I'll see how this works. How can I make it better? So I guess I had the magic of TV and the magic of the internet for about 25 years from when I left university to my mid forties. And then I got captured by the magic of the mind. And all that's happened is this guy that's now fascinated by the magic of the mind is pretty uh, uh, handy at doing video audio recordings and what have you. So naturally when it comes to creating the meditations, I've got all the technical skills that you need to do it. Plus I've got the all this other ability 
also fueled by this same curiosity. So what happens when we think differently and we have different thoughts? What happens when you have an idea off the top of your head? I wrote a book about that. You know, so all of these things I was curious about, I wrote a book about. And the, the writing of the book was my investigation very much, as well as is, is then the exposition to other people that might read that book. Wow, wow. Um, I just love how the transitions of how you've gone from one thing to the other and how everything, there's nothing for naught, right? When you think about how your previous career as an engineer has led you to where you are today and those technical skills that were fueled from your curiosity, mm -hmm. that was just the magic of all of how these things come together, um, has brought you to where you are today. And um, with all those skills that are available that are just at your fingertips. And going to the writing, because as you know, I'm a, I'm a writer and, a, and an author's coach, just like you are. Um, and your books have kind of morphed from um, one way of uh, and, and, and how we think to fiction and science fiction. And it's like, wow, you know, you've become this novelist as well. And I'm curious to know that where this particular, I mean, soul waves, right? And insertion, um, this whole concept of, of this book, these, these series now, um, has, has come to you. And when you were writing it, did you kind of know the ending before you started or did that kind of happen as you're writing? And I guess I also want to know is, um, do you feel that you're almost taking dictation? Do you kind of hear what's being said and you're just kind of, you know, a lot of people say channeling these days. How, what's your process, Tom? Wow, that's about three questions in one. I let's know, back, let's, I let's know. Let's backtrack a little bit. because it's, it's By the way, and, and uh, what's lovely is, uh, thank you for asking this question. I don't know if anyone's asked me this question. So I wrote Soul Waves before any of my other books. No. I hadn't written a book and I wrote this novel and I've got to be honest with you, it wasn't very good. And I didn't have the bravery to publish it. It was mm -hmm. me just writing a, a load of stuff down. And my, But my aim was to say for people that were, you know, stuck in this world looking down at their computers and their desks and things like that, to say, we are only here because we live in this most amazing cosmos. So I wrote this whole book from beginning to end uh, wow. before I'd written any of my books. And I just parked it on my hard drive. Okay. And then I started writing the books and the, my first book was a book of poetry called hundred years of Ermintrude. Yes. And that set me off down this line of being a, an author. And people then approached me saying, can you help me write a book? And I had no skills and trained in any hypnotherapy or anything like that. So, and people came to me with writer's blocks. I went and trained as a hypnotherapist and a, a regression therapist. And as you know, I became a healer by accident and all this sort of stuff. And then I started writing about those experiences. So my first nonfiction book was How Do You Get Through Blocks? How Do You Get Through Writer's Blocks? My second nonfiction book was How Do You Tap Into Lightball Moments? But they were very much workshop books. So you could write a book and then you can give it away at the workshop. It was, it was chapter exercise, chapter exercise, chapter exercise. And then I wrote a few books. I was fascinated by the tarot. So I wrote a few metaphysical books on the uh, contemporary version of the tarot. And then... I got about five books in and then I wrote a book of what Tom thought. And each time I've published a book, I've just put my head slightly above the parapet up and up and up and up and up and no one shot me down. And this, and this book was like, Oh, 
people like this book where there's no exercises. There's no read this, do this. This is just this is just thoughts of uh, of this bloke called Tom. And then I thought, well, what happens if I have different thoughts? And then I write about those. And then I went off and off and I went down another tangent. Um, and I got to 15 books in. And then I went to my best friend from school's funeral on my 59th birthday. Mm. And I went, oh, you know that book Soul Waves that I wrote ages ago? Wouldn't it be awful if I got to, if I didn't make 60 and it wasn't out in the world? So I dusted it off, rewrote it from the ground up. So, and, and, and it, funnily enough, when I wrote it, it was based in Beijing and Wuhan. This is 15 years before now. And it talks, it, it's China 40 years from now, it becomes the dominant power on the world stage and what have you. And it's not about virus. It's not about those sort of things, but it's almost like I tapped into the future. Yes. And that's where this book came from. And uh, and it came out a year ago, virtually today. And it set me off on a new road thinking, well, actually, with fiction, obviously, you're not bound by, uh, you're not bound too much. Does it have to be real? You can make it up. And boy, did I make it up. <laughs> There's a lot of liberty in that. There's exactly. Yeah, freedom. And, and, and also, I've got to say, completely unbridled fun. Oh, I can imagine that with you. Yeah. And reading Soul Ways is just... I, I mean, David and I read it together quite often and uh -huh. um, and have read chapters over and over because there's so much in them. Um, in fact, David said that it was the first book he ever read where every chapter takes him to so many cosmic places at once, mm -hmm. like in the ma macrocosm and the microcosm, and in, in the main plot and the subplots. I mean, it's so, it's brilliant. Tom, Thank it's you. brilliant. And when you even, a, a future history, I mean, there's a, Nobody talks about a history, future history, even that itself. It's intriguing. How can we yeah, talk about most of it's history written in the, in the future? Tense. Right? Yeah, so most of it's written as like I wrote it after the book ended, you know what I mean, which is yeah. kind of an intriguing well, thing to do. Yeah, well, um, uh, Ermatrude um, yeah. was kind of like that too, right? It started from the, uh, the, 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 the 100 years and going forward. No, backwards, yeah, but that was interesting. Backwards. I wrote it forwards. I was on a plane, right, uh, thirty-nine thousand feet above the mid-Atlantic when I wrote it, and uh, I wrote it forward in snapshots of time, of this woman's life through time, and then when we got to the other end, I I, I let my wife read it. I had a Cyan Seven. We didn't even have iPads then or iPhones. I had a Cyan Seven, and she said, "What's it like backwards?" And I just <laughs> I just cut and pasted it so it flowed backwards, and with I couldn't have written it backwards. Right. But I wrote it forwards and then I played it backwards and boy, is it different uh, and played backwards. And then I found out that this, this other author, um, F. Scott Fitzgerald, dared yeah. to write this book called Benjamin Button, The Incredible Tale of Benjamin Button, that had stolen my idea, but he stole it 50, 60 years before I'd written Ermintrude. <laughs> and <laughs> the similar sort of concept. <laughs> How dare he? So what? Like, where did the, the, the notion of soul waves come from? Well, well I, I was in, um, it was funny, I was in South Africa. Another, I, all my books come on holiday. I guess, guess I'm just, I'm relaxed. I was in a shower. I turned around and there was a massive tarantula behind me. Massive tarantula. So I could, I could see its eyes and I can imagine it was looking at me. So I jumped out of the shower, got reception to um, go and get the, the, the tarantula. 
And um, and they said, oh, it wouldn't have killed you, but you would have had a nasty bite. You would have been in hospital. And I have one of those little mini, not a near-death experience, but one of those shocks, a couple of gin and tonics. And I was reading this book by Tyhard de Chardin called The Phenomenon of Man. And I had a big pile of these books, uh, non-fiction books about philosophy, cosmos, and this sort of stuff, metaphysics. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if I can get those into a fiction book so the people that would never pick up one of those books could get some of these concepts? So in, in Soul Ways, I've got the concept of newer sphere that's absolutely ripped off from Tyhard de Chardin and, and James Lovelock and this sort of stuff. And then, but what I did was extend it. I said, well, if the, if the, if the earth has got a consciousness, which is called the newer sphere, then the galaxy, the, the solar system must have a consciousness called the solar sphere and the galaxy must have a, con, a, a consciousness called the galosphere and this sort of stuff. So, so what I always do, this engineer sort of takes something, which is, brilliant and says well how can we put go faster stripes on it and extend it and extend it and extend it and that's where the fun lies and the and the exploration and and the curiosity oh well it's just brilliant and every time a chapter ends um we we can hardly wait for the next one i mean we, we we've got to go on because you just leave us hanging and but you know, you, you picked up a theme there. So in, in Ermintree, my first book, there's a countdown clock, you know, going from 100 down to zero. Right. In this one, there's a countdown clock going from uh, the end of life on Earth, isn't it, as it ticks through. In the, I know, <laughs> I know. And it's like, what is coming next? And it's just, it, it's just uh, brilliant. It's just so brilliant. And when you get to see that what you, um, that you had the sense of this all those years ago, and you see today things that you would not have known are actually happening. Yeah, but I wasn't a great writer then. So I learned my writing craft through the nonfiction work and the philosophical work, and I became a better writer. So then I became brave enough to tell the Solway story and competent enough to be able to, you know, to, to weave all of those. I've always loved Dan Brown and the Da Vinci Code. I don't like, don't like the writing so much, but I, lo I love the fact that he does page turners and he always says, what's next and what's next and what's next. And Absolutely. Well, you're doing it. <laughs> you're yeah, doing you. it. It's like, whoa. So, and from this, with uh, you, you've also become for for quite a while now because it's it, um, a meditation teacher, and yeah. you have all these beautiful meditations, and over and and now you've been creating music, ambient music. Yeah. Uh, you become a composer, and it's it, maybe one just feeds the other. Tell us about that, please, Tom, because. Um, yeah, well, over three yeah. million people. I mean, one of them have been, you know, had the the pleasure and the joy and the uh, to be able to just breathe through the beautiful meditations that you offer, and now you have the music with them. Yeah. So, so what happened, Junior? So, when I wrote those uh, nonfiction books, I um I put uh, some free meditations with it. You know, the classic thing: uh, buy the book or download the meditations and you get someone's email address and you can sell them something else and all that classic sales funnel stuff. And I didn't think anything about them. So I thought I was an author with some meditations on the site till about 2015 when this lovely app, which I know you're uh, a guide on as well, Insight Timer, discovered me. And they can't remember how they found me. I asked them. Uh, and I put one of my meditations up there and someone said uh, about a month later, they got in touch and said, have you seen uh, how your meditation is doing. And I hadn't even looked at it. It was one of the things I was giving away free. And it had 6,000 listens in one month. 
And people loved the British accent and the fact they didn't take things seriously, the fact that it was very accessible. And bear in mind, I've not been into an ashram. I'm not trained in meditation, but I am trained in hypnotic language and all of those sort of things. Mm-hmm. And people loved it. So I then uploaded some more stuff. Anyway, yeah, three, three, three or so years down the line, a million listens. Oh, this is interesting. That went, oh, maybe my meditations are quite good. I didn't know that. <laughs> And I got some corporate gigs on the back of it because corporates like to know that, you know, you, oh, this guy's got a million meditations, therefore he must be quite good. And I did more and more and more. And so I morphed him from being, uh, this is all about rewriting your life, isn't it? Or you're writing it. I morphed from being an author with meditations on the side to being a meditation guide who's never been inside an ashram with books on the side. I love it. As you say often, you know, you've come to everything in your life. I put it in quotes by accident, yeah. right? You yeah. wouldn't have known that you were. Oh yeah, and um, you know we use that that lovely software Audacity to do our recordings. I wouldn't have had the audacity to claim to be a meditation guide, but right. the social proof on that wonderful app Insight Timer is there. These people love it. I think I get about fifteen hundred, two thousand listens a day. People put in comments how you know you're changing my life. I get my kids to meditate and all this sort of stuff. By the way, did you mention that? Did you mean that meditation to get rid of headaches? Because my headache's gone. Well, I didn't, but now it hasn't. That's great. Lovely side effect. And uh, and so to know you can have that impact in the world is brilliant. But also to know that the more you throw into that free freemium funnel, the more that comes back to you and the riches that come back. And oh. I don't mean the riches in terms of dollars and pound notes i mean in terms of the the the, the amazing contacts that it brings so you know i, I did a, a live workshop today on uh, channeling and we must have had 40 50 people on there from all around the world and it's also then connecting all those people together as well all through this um this curiosity that's the, that's the that goes back to that driver why are we here what we're we here to do um how can we help ourselves and each other and the planet and the biosphere and the cosmos well everything that you're doing goes back to that doesn't it and it is it's it's such a it's so rewarding i'm grateful within my own career in my own life as a psychotherapist and a a, uh, a writing coach and uh, author mentor to to see the results that come from something that we've gleaned along the way and uh, have become skilled at or have, you know, great wisdom that just flows through. I, you know, I don't really take a lot of credit, but for that, but the, the results when we see that are from what you're talking about, Tom, wanting to make a difference in the world and we see it. Um, it is, it's just a beautiful thing. And yes, it comes back a thousand fold in terms of the quality of life and, you know, it's so enhanced. So um, when you get messages like, oh, did, did you mean to, you know, cure my, my daughter's headaches or something like that, that brings me to the part of you that is, a, you know, a modern, you call yourself a modern day mystic. And so that part of you that is a, a healer, a true healer. I mean, I saw it. I love to tell the story of when you healed my budgie bird all those years ago from a, a bird that was almost pronounced dead. <laughs> and I called you and I said, hey, can you heal my bird? And over Skype, you know, a month later, he grew back his feathers and was flying. I mean, how do you do these things? 
Well, I've got to say two things. Uh, one, we must come back to the ambient music and answer that question. Oh, you, please, you, yes. You have a, a lovely ability to pile on the questions, which I love, because I want to answer them all. But we'll come back to that in a minute. But the healer thing, one is I do not call myself a modern-day mystic, right? Other people give me these labels. I got called the – oh, I've got a great accolade. Um, there's a, there was a you – can, you can search on this. The 10 – most bonkers uh, job titles on LinkedIn, and I rock in at number four. And it was written by a recruitment consultant, and their point was, if these people give themselves these names, how do they expect to get employed by somebody? Well, one, I wasn't interested in being employed by anybody. <laughs> right. And so at the time, people were calling me the wizard of light bulb moments because I wrote this book about light bulb moments. And on, on the list is the chief biscuit dunker and all this sort of stuff. But I rock it at number four as the, the weirdest job titles on LinkedIn, which I've, I'm really proud of. But other people <laughs> call me this. I've had clients call me, me Dumbledore. I've, I had been called a temporal alchemist. I love all these names come from other people. My mm. wife calls me Dodd be the house elf uh, which is very grounding which is fantastic and to me they're just they're just fun titles so uh, a modern day mystic is somebody who simply embraces metaphysics and sees it as today's metaphysics is tomorrow's physics so mm -hmm. einstein was a mystic tesla was definitely a mystic yeah. mm -hmm. edison was a kind of mystic but he was an empiricist but he was still he was like me you know 50 150 years ago very interested in what could be done and on spin-offs as well he was an amazing person at doing spin-offs and all we're trying to do is work out how we can manipulate the material plane but the ideas of how we manipulate it come from mystical sources so meditation to me is a is a technology. It's a technology for the mind, and you know all these wonderful people that are doing things with uh, vaccines right now. They're right at the cutting edge of of thought, and and how we can uh, really get ourselves through this uh, this time we're in. They're they're today's mystics as well. So mystics, all that a mystic is is somebody that's taking something which is on the edge of known and making it known. I call it taking the esoteric and making it exoteric. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Well, thank you for that explanation. So let's go back to your ambient music. Yeah. Oh, that's been a joy. Well, I've been really blessed because um, I've met through Inside Time, I've met loads of really good composers. So um, I, I've, um, there's a lovely guy called, you can't invent this name, Ludwig Simbrelius from uh, up in Scandinavia. Great, amazing musician. So I've been using his music behind my meditations and this sort of stuff. And, he, and I've all helped him change his business model now. So he doesn't just do music. He licenses his music to other meditation guides, which is great. And I, I used his stuff for a good three years. Absolutely love it. Then I had the idea of, with Soul Waves, how could you um, market a book once you've got the book out there? I'm like, well, why, why don't I do that thing like Jeff, is it Jeff Lynn, War of the Worlds, Jeff Wynn, War of the Worlds? You, you do the album inspired by the book. And so I approached a couple of composers on Insight Timer to see whether we might be able to work together and it wasn't right for them at that time. So I thought, well, hang on, why don't I just try and do it myself? I can play reasonable guitar, know a little bit about music. And so I managed to um, magic up an amazing guy who doesn't live very far from me, but we've only met about three or four times because of COVID. We do everything over Zoom. 
And he's not only an amazing guitar teacher, but he's, t- he's taught me uh, compositional theory and how to use this amazing software called Ableton, because I'm quite I'm techie, so I can do software. And using uh, his guidance, I put a whole album together. And I was going to do a track a month uh, last year. The whole album now rocks in at five hours of ambient music. And I use my own ambient music behind my own meditations now, which is a real joy, which is also what's great about that is I can time chord changes, different um, musical ornamentations to come in around the speech and stuff like that. So it gives you more control. And and I love it. And, it, and it's me being curious again. Absolutely. It's that same curiosity. I didn't realise uh, I could do that. So now I've done that by accident. Um, uh, what can I do if I'm being more consciously uh, active in the whole thing? And I've just taken... Um, Piers Ward, my amazing teacher, back on again to advise me on uh, the next phase, the next album. Wow, I love it. And I love how you just take something that um, you, you, you approach these other people and, you know, some of them, just the timing wasn't right. And you just said, well, okay, let me try it myself. And you, and you found, you know, the coaches that you needed and you already knew so much or a little bit enough to say, I'm going to do this. I can try this. I can figure this out. And look at you today. It's mm. it's wonderful to have that kind of uh, those skills and that, and to be in control of that so that, you know, in your meditations where you're going to make the breaks and where you want to, you know, put in the, the, the kind of uh, music and pitch and, and pause and everything that will fit perfectly. So uh, it's brilliant. So let me ask you this. Do you plan an album instead of meditations based on your second book, Insertions? I do indeed. Yeah, Insertions came to me in lockdown, unlike the other book that took 15 years. You say second book. I mean, second book in these this series. <laughs> yeah, the first book took 15 other books and 15 years to come out. But uh, the, <laughs> the, the sequel uh, came out of lockdown. And it's not a big book. It can, one, uh, the first book's got like nearly 100,000 words. The other one's got 30,000 words. It's um, a set of uh, 12 short stories that go right. They span the original book, if you know what I mean. Yes. And yeah. uh, but they're the same concept that uh, we're at times of transitions on the earth. Uh, the gods send down a helper. So, you know, Jesus, Buddha, Kermit the Frog, those sort of <laughs> people that come into our lives to change our consciousness. So, you know, uh, was, was, uh, and, and so they, that Charlie Brown would be another one. So they, they don't have to be, they don't have to be embodied. They can be just a zeitgeist, you know what I mean? And right. so, uh, so that was, so Solways was like uh, one, one insertion from birth straight to extraction. And extraction's a bit like ascension for Jesus. You know, he didn't, he died and then he, he ascended. Uh, I won't I won't spoil the end of Solways for people who want to listen to it. So he gets right. uh, extracted in a very uh, lovely way. Um, uh, with So with insertions, it's 12 short stories of, of different insertions, but right across space and time. So there's one in the Cold War, in in uh, in the Pentagon, uh, there's one that's concurrent with soul waves. There's one that starts in 2039 when we're just getting over COVID 38. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And that was lovely to write. That was lovely to write. (laughs) I've invoked the fairy and the trolls and the elf realm in that one. So there's a bit of Harry Potter and all that sort of stuff in there. And and that was really fun to write. Yeah, so so when I wrote that, because I'd I'd already written the album and the meditation series that goes with Soul Waves, uh, I went, okay, I'm going to do 12 tracks that go with it. I've already got the first one in the can. I'll do one a month. And then there's going to be 12 meditations on the numbers 1 to 12. Mm. And I'm also going to do 12 lectures. 12 online lectures on the numbers 1 to 12. And I'm timing them with the new moon and the full moon. So everything's locked to moon timing, which is really, really important. Oh, and it's all going to come out this year. So I'm, I'm, I've, got my, uh, I've got my stall set out ready for 2021. Are you? Do you ever? Do you ever? Oh, my gosh. This is so great. And so um, 2020 has been quite a year for all of us. And... Um, do you think that 2021 is a turning point for humanity? And if so, how? Well, I think 2020 was the turning point and 2021 is now we're in the turn. Now we've got 2021 is going to be a struggle, right? Because we've still got lots of things to do. And 2022 is when we'll go like, wow, that was, that was tough. That was tough. So humanity, wake up. The way we're doing things wasn't the way to do things. You know, I've been living like many people in my life on Zoom and I didn't, it hasn't changed too much for me because I've been working at home anyway for the last sort of uh, 10 years. Uh, But for many people, it's quite a struggle. You know, I'm in a relationship, so I'm with somebody which is with the love of my life. So that's not a struggle either. Uh, and I'm living in a very quiet place away from busyness, which is which is great for many people, though, especially in cities. It's pretty horrendous. But I'm hoping that we we change the way we're going to be from planetary abusers to planetary caretakers. And that's very much the theme in mm-hmm. soul waves and insertions yes. as well. Uh, yes. We are we're waking up as a as a consciousness into a different way of, of being. You know, we're, we're humanity is 0.01% of the biomass on planet Earth. That's all. That's all. Yeah, we're, we're not. So if we disappeared overnight, planet Earth and all the other animals and trees and plants and flowers and insects and fish and plankton, they'd get on just fine. We probably flourish a lot <laughs> exactly. better than what we Exactly, exactly. So we've got some of the dinosaurs that are going to have to die out first. And once they've died out, uh, then we can move on. I'm not going to mention any names because it's not about um, figureheads. It's, 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 it's people and consciousness and states everywhere uh, uh, that are causing this. But, the, but slowly we'll, we'll change. And early, there's one line in the novel Soulways where I refer to the tumultuous uh, 20s. Mm-hmm. And Soul Wave starts in about 2058. And I refer back to the crazy times of the 20s. And we will get through this. We'll get through to this new way of being. And then in 2058, if Soul Waves is a true future history, then some of those events might play out. Some of the things I wrote about 15 years have already happened, by the way. 15 years ago have already happened. So wow. I don't doubt that some of the other things are also in play. Well, so you feel in 22, 2022, we'll finally begin to exhale and yeah, just yeah. breathe again. So may I ask you this, Tom, because we're, we're winding down now and just want to thank you profusely for this enlightening uh, interview and conversation of, of your path and, and how you are making such a huge difference in, uh, in, in, in the world and in 
people's lives, millions of people's lives. And so would you be willing to give us a brief meditation of just something because of the, the, the fear that's collective on the planet right now, something that could be uplifting to give people an opportunity to just sink into their own beingness and remember who they are and know that all is well in spite of what's going on externally in the world right now. Oh, what a joy. Yeah. Well, well, let's, let's meditations are kind of weird things to do on podcasts because most podcasts are full of people talking and um, meditations. I used to do most of my meditations that were 10 minutes long thinking that nobody had longer than 10 minutes to listen. I didn't want to listen to me for more than 10 minutes. And then people said, it's too short. And I, I, over time, I started doing longer and longer meditations. I did one uh, last year, which was an hour long. I never thought I'd do an hour long guided meditation. And the people just love it. You know, uh, what a treat for somebody. But I'm going to, because of podcasts, and some people might be driving and things like that, I'm going to do a safe meditation you can listen to uh, while driving that won't take you into a sleepy state, but it will take your mind from one place to the other. And if I think about my meditations that are on the Insight Time Rule and some other places, all they are are journeys for the mind. Mm-hmm. So let's let's do, uh, and we have, I've got to say, you've, you've thrown a little curveball at me. I didn't plan to do this, which I always love because it makes me do something I wasn't planning that isn't out there already. Wow. Uh, let's do a little um, time-based guided visualization love it yeah. yes please so just take your mind back if people are listening now to 2020 whenever um that thing they call it covid they call it a virus came into your world and how it changed your world were you scared i was scared did you know what's happening in the future i didn't go forward to now well, we're, we're lucky in the UK, we've got one of the vaccines that's been created here. So have we got a clear future? Well, we've got some more certainty, and that's pretty nice. So we know if you're lucky to be in the Western world or in a country that is being served by the Western world, because hopefully it's going to filter right across the globe, gives you a bit more certainty. But what I'd ask you is, when you get back to whatever normal was, are you going to be the same? Are you going to do things exactly the same way? What can you change? What can be different? How can you rewrite your life? Mm-hmm. How can you live a life that really matters. How can you drop a pebble in the pond such that the ripples will go out and be felt by other people on other sides of the globe that don't even know you necessarily exist? But just because the thoughts you're having, the actions you're taking, the way of your being is changing people around you and they influence other people, they influence other people, and you create a wave. What's really interesting is the change is not going to come from our leaders. The change is coming from the margins. The change is coming from the periphery. 
and each one of us is the source of that change. So we've had this wobble, the Earth slightly wobbled on its axis and it's tilted. And now it's getting back in gear. It'll take 2021, 22 to get back into gear. So do you want things to be the same or are you ready to change? Are you ready to be the change? Ready to make that change? Wow. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. for asking. Yeah, well, thank you for taking the bait. You know, Tom, listening to you, to listening to the words and the energy that you evoked through the concepts that you raised, the questions you asked, the I, I'm I'm vibrating right now. I've definitely been taken to a different level, truly a, a different level of consciousness than when I was when we were you know having this fun interview uh, or conversation. I like to call it. I just love how you've elevated my consciousness to make me want to be a better person. To for me to take uh, charge in a way of how I can be be the change in a way that is going to help those people that I may never ever ever know or see just by carrying that energy and, and and that intention so thank you thank you for this thank you for being who you are you've you know you've always been a tremendous light and um and now i i, I just can't wait to to continue to see what you're going to create uh with that genius mind of yours um in the future so tom please tell us how is the best place or the where is the best place for people to find you uh, thank you, Junior. Yeah. Uh, my website is www.tomevans.co. I couldn't afford the .com or I was a bit late into the game, so just .co, you'll find me there. If you put Tom Evans Meditation into Google, I'm all over the place as well. Aha, uh-huh. perfect. Okay, thank you. So, just want to say thank you very much. This is Junie Swadron coming from the Junie Swadron podcast. And you can reach me at juniswadron.com and look forward to many more podcasts.